Good morning, Bethel family. It is so good, great for us to be able to gather together in houses all over our communities and worship the Lord together. And uh, I am so delighted to be with you today. Thank you for praying for me. I have felt your prayers every step of the way. And I know the Lord is with us, and I know he's with you, and I know he's uh, speaking to all of our hearts, and I am delighted to be here today. And um, I'm delighted to worship the Lord together with you today. I'm still at home. As many of you know, I was diagnosed with the COVID-19 and got it on the way back from Ukraine. After I got home, I started experiencing some symptoms. I'm so glad I quarantined myself and I'm still under quarantine. And so I hope to have been out uh, yesterday on Saturday, but instead um, I'm gonna be extended for a few days because of some lingering symptoms and I wanna be abundantly cautious. It's kind of been tough and this has uh, been a tough virus for me and a lot of sickness and some days was uh, just very, very sick. But also, uh, it's just been tough emotionally to be separated from my family and friends and church. Um, I, uh, some of those days weren't, have not been easy days for me. Uh, I haven't seen Christy since March the 1st and uh, that's the day I left uh, from church on Sunday to catch an airplane to go to Ukraine. And so uh, I'm sure looking forward to this quarantine being over and uh, a new step for us, a new uh, kind of a reunion and uh, be able to see my children and grandchildren and you. And uh, I know that our whole country has really been knocked by this. Uh, it's, it's been a blow. But God's with us and he's for us and we can trust in him. And he's a good God. And he takes care of us. And so God's been with us every step of the way. One of the things that, even in this difficulty, um, the Lord has provided a platform for me to speak hope and truth and the gospel into people's lives that are maybe anxious or afraid or, or suffering. And I thank God for that. Not that it's so easy to have this sickness, but I thank God for the platform and that he gave me the, the courage and commitment to, to speak and uh, to get, make my message known. Thank you for praying for me. I have just, I've just been overwhelmed with your kindness, with your words, with your cards, with food that people have brought by and different expressions of love toward me. And thank you for your great love and uh, that we share together. You know, we live in a time of real anxiety and this coronavirus um, has really had an impact on all of us. None of us are exempt from some impact by it. And it's created a lot of anxiety and fear and and, uh, anxiousness. First of all, about getting sick and you don't know who's contagious and who's not and with the rapid escalation of people diagnosed with sickness. Also, our vulnerability, frailty, and many people have died. It's, it's, a, it's a devastating illness for many people. And, um, and so it creates anxiety about that. But not only that, you fear for loved ones. You fear for 
uh, your parents, you feel for your children and uh, uh, those that you love and you care about. And so it is also, the, it hooks the fear of some unknowns in our life, like the unknown of, hey, what about, what's this going to mean for my job? Uh, what's this going to mean for my future? Uh, what about my employment? About, what about the company I work for? Will they survive? It's what about my small business? And I just think it just creates all this anxiety. What's my future going to hold now? And what will our country be like going forward? And, and there's lots of people that like to spread fear. And there's plenty of anxiety going on. Lord laid a scripture passage on my heart for today. And it comes from John's Gospel, chapter 14. And it really addresses this anxiety and fear that we, we, we feel in a little different way. The early disciples were, they had walked with Jesus for three years. He, he, they were convinced he was the Messiah. He was their master. He was their teacher. They had hitched their cart to him. They, they wanted to follow him. And they loved him and they knew his love. And no one ever taught like him. No one ever healed like him. No one ever acted like him. And so they were so moved by him. They were his followers. But it was the last days of his life, last hours, really. You know, the, he comes triumphantly into Jerusalem that last week of his life. And then he confronts the money changers and turns over the, the tables and drives them out of the temple, says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Little children came in and began to worship him and praise him. The authorities, the religious leaders, looked at ways to try to kill him and get rid of him. One of his own was plotting against him to betray him. This was a high anxiety moment. There were a lot of people that had proclaimed that Jesus could be the Messiah or was the Messiah, but then there were others that said he was just a charlatan and a hoax and a blasphemer, and they wanted to kill him and get rid of him. That tension had filled the city of Jerusalem. It's the last hours. Jesus had asked his disciples to go to an upper room, and there he would celebrate Passover meal with them. Even before the meal, the sin of the disciples is exposed in their selfishness, wondering who's more important than who, what the pecking order was among the disciples. And Jesus gets up from supper and he lays aside his garment and he girds himself with a, a towel like a servant and he washes the disciples' feet. He's an example to them of God's love. He's an example of servanthood. He's an example of what he was getting ready to do on the cross and dying for their sins so that they might be made clean and right with God. So it's in that context, after they've celebrated Passover together, that Jesus has been telling them, I'm going to be leaving you. I'm going to die. You won't see me anymore the way that you see me now. And their hearts, their hearts begins to be filled with anxiety and fear because they had left everything to follow him. What does he mean by this? We thought you were the Messiah. They didn't fully understand that the Messiah is also the suffering servant who must die for all of our sins. So Jesus in John chapter 14 is giving them some instruction before he goes to Gethsemane 
about how they can deal with this anxiety. And, and, and as, as we look at it together, I, I, I encourage you to get your Bible and look with me. How Jesus brings us peace. Let's look at that. How does he bring us peace in chapter 14? First, verse number one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The very first thing that he gives us so that we, we might overcome fear and anxiety and gives us peace is that he gives us the provision of faith itself. He said, you believe in God, don't you? Don't you believe in a great big God? Don't you believe in a God that created all of this universe, that created all of the world that you see, that created you? Don't you believe in a great God who called the children of Israel and made a nation out of them, delivered them out of Egypt? Don't you believe in a great God that called Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and gave them the promises of the covenant? Don't you believe in a great God? Isn't he your sustainer and your creator? And doesn't he govern all of the earth? You know, when you have a little God, problems are really big. But when you have a great sovereign God, your problems are small. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? You believe in God? Good. And then Jesus said, believe also in me. You trust in me because I came to manifest the Father to you. I came to show you what love truly is. I came to teach you the law more perfectly and understand grace and forgiveness and holiness and what God looks for in us. I came so that you might know the Father. I came that I might lay down my life so that you might be saved. I came to give you an example. I came so that you might know God and be made right with him by the work that I'm going to accomplish. Believe in me. Trust in me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I am the living water. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. These things I've told you, that's who I am. You believe in God, believe in me. I am his son. I am your savior and I am your Lord. And listen to me, church family, when we need peace, when anxiety wants to flood our soul, come back to this very thing. I rest in and I believe in God and he is good and that he sent his son because he loved me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's the greatest news I know in the world and it sustains us when it seems like the world's falling apart. Amen. Second thing that he gave us, and so really the second thing he gave us is the promise of eternal life and an eternal home. Now listen, you know these words, it's very familiar. In my Father's house are many mansions, many dwelling places. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. 
that where I am, there you may be also. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I want you to be with me. And he's prepared an eternal home for us in heaven. He has a place for you. It's a personal place prepared just for you. And he says, I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I'm not abandoning you. But he said, I'm going to go. And if I go, I'm preparing a place for you that you'll be with me forever. The Lord loves you. He gives us eternal salvation. And he gives us eternal hope. And he gives us an eternal home that he's prepared for us. And he, he, he's called you to, to himself. Listen, listen close. He has loved you with an everlasting love. His love is not fickle. His love doesn't fail. He loves you with an everlasting love. And it never wavers, never fails. He's with you always. The third thing that we see in this text is he gives us the promise of answered prayer. Look with me in chapter number 14. And beginning in verse number 12, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he, he, the works I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Now listen. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. What a great promise. Isn't that amazing? What an awesome promise. He gives us this promise of answered prayer. Anything that you pray in my name. Notice, he says, whatever you ask in my name, by my authority, by my accomplished work, in my will. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do do it. Folks, whenever something like this happens and we're all tempted to be filled with worry and anxiety, it's time for us to seek God in prayer and to turn our hearts toward him and bring our petitions before him and to be abiding in him, loving him and praying in Jesus' name. For God to work in our lives. Look with me to chapter number 15, verse 7. What a great promise. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. Isn't that a good word? He says, ask whatever you wish. Now it says, if you abide in me, that means you rest in me, living in me, obeying me. If you put your faith in me, if you abide in me, And my words abide in you so that we're praying in alignment with the will and the word of God. Ask what you wish and it will be done for you. What a great promise he's given us. In chapter number 16, John chapter 16, listen to verse number 23. What a great promise this is as well. Look, and in that day you will ask me no question. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you shall ask the Father for anything, he will give it to you in my name. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive 
that your joy may be made full. He said, in that day, in that day of difficulty, in that day of travail, in that day when, when it seems like your world's falling apart, in that day, what are you to do but pray? He says, in, in that day, truly, I, you shall ask the Father for anything and he will give it to you in my name. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. He said, but ask and you'll receive so that your joy may be full. Believers, it's time for us to be a people of prayer. We put our hope in Jesus, our trust in Jesus. Now listen, church family, listen to me. Listen, I know we're all, we all have anxiety. Listen, don't let your mouth be filled with words of fear, but let them be filled with words of faith. Don't let your mouth be filled with words of anxiety and fear, but instead trust in God. Put your faith in him. Praise him with your words and pray to him with your heart and with your mind and with your spirit and pray, say, Lord, I need you and turn to him. Listen, we need to pray and trust the Lord. Many years ago, I was just a teen, I was really just a young man, uh, probably still a teenager, and I, I, I was. And I, I went on a mission trip to Jamaica for a summer. And while I was in Jamaica, I learned some of the choruses and songs that they love to sing. And we were out in a church out in the middle of the bush, really in a jungle setting. And uh, they were singing that night, and they were singing this song, and I've never forgot it. It's just a little chorus, and it goes like this. Why worry when you can pray? Trust Jesus. He'll be your stay. Don't be like Doubting Thomas. Rely upon his promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray? Well, that's just a, a little chorus, but there's a truth in there. Why fill with worry when you can pray? You've got a Father that loves you. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Because everyone who asks receives. And to everyone who seeks, he'll find. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened to you. Jesus said, pray. Trust God. He said, which one of you, if a son could ask him for a loaf, would you give him a stone? No. Which one of you, if your son asked you for a fish, would you give him a snake? No. He said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good things to you? Listen, God loves you. God takes care of you, and he is with you. We're not going to be consumed with fear. We are people of faith. Now listen, this little virus has come disrupting the world, and now's the time for us to be a people of faith and prayer. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray that we'll be strong in our faith. Let's pray for God's healing, yes. Pray for those who are sick, of course. Pray for our government and leaders, of course. But more importantly, I think, Let's pray that God would teach us great truths and lessons, that God would teach us to depend on him and not be so acting self-sufficient. Let's pray that we'd repent of our sin 
and that seasons of refreshing will come from the Lord. Let's pray for revival, that God would revive and heal our land, and there would be a turning back to God in our lives. We would repent of our sin and live for Christ. Let's pray like we never prayed before. Let's pray that God would waken us out of this slumber. Let's pray for our lost friends. Let's pray for our lost family members. Let's pray for those who don't know Christ. Listen, that's the most important thing. If somebody gets a virus and dies, that's not the worst thing that can happen to you. Worst thing that can happen is that you never find the cure for the virus of your soul, which is your lostness. Our only hope is in Jesus Christ. And listen, if you get healed from a virus and then die without Christ, you still spend eternity in hell without God. But if you find Jesus as your Savior, then you can be saved and have everlasting life. Man, that's what the church needs to be praying for, that there be a turning from sin and turning to God and trust in Him. Let's be a people of prayer. Let's don't shrink back. Let's don't be wringing our hands in fear. But let's be a people of faith and prayer. Listen, listen. He gave us the greatest gift in the world. We get to talk to the one who is in control of all of this world and bring our request to him. And he hears us when we pray in Jesus' name. Wow, what a great truth. I can feel the peace come into my heart as I begin to do that. When you trust God and pray, the peace of God begins to fill, fill your soul. Not peace like the world gives, but peace from Jesus himself. Amen. Fourth thing, the provision that he has given us of the comforter, a helper to help us in our life. In verse number 16, chapter 14, <clears throat> Verse number 16. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Isn't that good? That word that's used there is it's translated in my version today, the New American Standard I'm preaching from, is, is the word parakletos. It means someone who's called alongside of you to help you. It's a helper, a comforter, it's translated, uh, an advocate. It's one who's with us and for us and helps us and strengthens us. Isn't that good news? Listen, God hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't left us, but he has given the promise of his Holy Spirit to come and dwell and live in us and comforts us. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. He's with us. He's in us. He guides us. He leads us. He calls to remembrance what Jesus taught us. He prays for you, makes intercession for you. When you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit helps you to pray to the Father. Listen, the Holy Spirit is in you and working in you. Christ in you the Spirit of Christ, the hope of glory. He never leaves us. I won't leave you as orphans, Jesus said, but I'll come to you. He doesn't abandon us, but he's with us. That comforter 
is a real presence in our life. And so we turn to God and we say, God, thank you. Because I'm not, God, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. See, he's with us and he is for us. And he gives us strength and comfort to face whatever we're going through in our life. Some of you are going through hard times. Some of you have lost your job. Some of you, your business might be dying. For some of us, a loved one is sick. For some of us, we're going through difficulty and deep water. But God is with you. And His Holy Spirit dwells in your heart if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and He comforts you. You know, He's called the God of all comfort, and indeed He is. Now, I want you to look at something really awesome. Now, you have your Bible. Look with me. 2 Corinthians and chapter number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, now listen, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted in Christ. Now listen. Uh, are, are comforted by God. Now listen, for just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. The Lord is comforting you. He's given you the comforter. He comes to us. He comforts us. He is with us. And he says, he's the God of all comfort who comforts, comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we might become comforters to others who are going through affliction. Now, that is really cool. God, he brings us through the trial. He comforts us in the trial. He strengthens us. And then he makes us messengers of hope in this hurting world. Isn't that awesome? We get to be messengers of comfort, ambassadors of comfort and light to those that are hurting. We are the light of the world. So we need to let our light shine, right? We're the salt of the earth, Jesus said. And so if the salt has lost its saltiness, how shall it be made salty again? It's good for nothing to be cast out, trampled underfoot by men. But you are the light of the world, the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. So let your light shine before men, he says. Do men light a light and put it under a bushel? No, they put it on a lampstand for all to see. Then let your light so shine before men that they may see by your good works and glorify God. That's exactly right. We are to let our light shine, be ambassadors of comfort. And now's the time, not for us to be fearful as a church, but be faith-filled as a church, to believe God find his comfort, find his peace, and then tell others, minister to others so that they might be comforted and they might come to know the comfort of Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That's good news.
gives you peace because God has a purpose. He has a purpose. Even we share in his suffering, so we also share in his comfort. Wow, God has a plan in all of this difficulty we're facing. You know, I've been amazed at how God's opened doors for me through this difficulty to point other people to God. God can use you in the same way. Let's all be that light and that salt in this world. Amen? Amen. Finally, he gives us, he gives us this wonderful promise of an intimate relationship with him. Now notice, back to our chapter 14, verse number 17. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you. Now listen, and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will behold me no longer, but you will behold me because I live, you will live also. In that day, you shall know that I am in my Father and you are in me. And I in you. Wow, what an intimate relationship. He said, in that day, you're going to know that I am in my Father and that you are in me, Jesus said. And not only that, I am in you. You are encapsulated with God himself, front and behind, inside and outside. And nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He walks with me. He talks with me. He's with me every step of the way. And he's with you. An intimate, genuine relationship with God. That's amazing. It gives me peace because he's with me. And he's with you. And he will never leave you. He gives us peace from God, peace with God, peace in our own mind and soul. That's what he does for us. Listen, what an awesome God we have. Now, look with me to verse number 26. Chapter 14, verse 26. We'll end with this. Now listen. But when the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Bring to remembrance all that I said to you. Now listen. Peace I leave to you. My shalom, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. My peace. Let not your heart be troubled. Nor let it be fearful. (laughs) We don't have to live in fear. Because the peace of God is ours. In Jesus Christ. A friend of mine was talking to me about this verse this week. And he called just to encourage me. And he said, Tim, he said, I see it like a great conduit that comes right from the throne of grace itself. And that conduit carries the peace of God and delivers it right to my soul. And to yours. And to yours. It's God's peace that brings real comfort. He holds you. He has you. Christ died for you. Christ rose again. 
Christ ascended to the Father. Christ prays for you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit's praying for you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He holds you in his hand. He intimately walks with you. He's given you prayer so that you can talk to God. He's given you faith so that you can believe in God. And he gives you peace in abundance in the middle of hardship and difficulty. Praise his name. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you trusted him? If not, then today I just ask you to pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I know that I've sinned. I know I've gone the wrong way in my life. God, I've disobeyed and rebelled against you. God, I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that he rose again. God, I turn from my sin now and I ask you to be my Savior and Lord. And I commit my life to you. And I want to follow you and obey you. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, tell somebody today that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. If your mind's been filled with fear, repent of that too. And trust in a great God who has us and holds us. Bethel family, I love you. He's with us. Fear not, little flock, for the Father has chosen to give you his kingdom. Amen.